Welcome to Gethsemane Church. I'm Pastor Mark Lowe. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We hope today's service will inspire you, challenge you, and encourage you. For more information about our church, please go to GethsemaneChurchG3.com. God bless and enjoy the service. that saith to you, who it is that's speaking to you right now, Jesus said to her, give me to drink. Thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Amen. If you'd have just known who you're talking to. Title this message today, and we're going to pray, is that we need to become more aware of his presence. We need to become more aware of his presence. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you because there is nobody like you. There is no God like you. None. As we said, Lord, you are something else. You are truly out of this world. Father, we just thank you so much just for the privilege of being able to feel your presence every day. Not just Sunday mornings, not just Wednesday afternoons, not just in our small groups, not just in all the things that we've got going on, Lord. Although we're extremely proud and excited to feel your presence in all those things that we do. But God, we're just truly thankful, Lord, to know that the tabernacle of God, according to your word, is now with man. You abide in our hearts and in our lives. You're with us everywhere that we go. And we're just so blown away and so thankful to know that you desire to have that type of a relationship with nothing but mere dirt. That's all we are. What makes us beautiful and wonderfully and fearfully made, as your word says, is your precious breath that you breathe into every one of us that made us living souls in earthen tabernacles. And God, we're just truly blessed to know that your word says that we, fallen man, simply sinners, saved by grace, just blown away that you would give your life for us. Us that your word says are nothing but filthy rags, our righteousness, who we are, is really nothing. But you loved us so much that you gave your life for us and to be called as your word says the apple of your eye what a blessing what a blessing that you see us that way God so Lord we just truly can say there's nobody like you and we love you today and Lord we pray that you would help us to become more aware of your presence to not get content in you Lord but to be so super excited every time we feel your presence that we not want to leave it, but want more of it, God. Father, I pray that you'd help us to become more aware of your presence. I guess, God, what I'm saying today is, is please help us, Lord, not to just be aware of it, but to engage. So many times, God, I've been found aware that your presence was there, but I failed to engage. Lord, help us all to engage in your presence and never to take it for granted, but God, to see it every time just as it is. Your word says your mercy becomes new every day. 
Lord, your presence is fresh and new every day. There's a greater anointing and, a, and an outpouring of your presence every day. Fresh manna for every one of us every day. Thank you for that today, God. Thank you for caring so much about us that you do that for us every day without fail. Thank you, Lord, because every hair of our head is numbered. You care so much about us that even our hair matters to you. How much more does our soul matter to you? Thank you, Lord. We appreciate you today. And we give you the highest praise. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. To the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who is worthy of it all today. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise today. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> We're going to dismiss our children this time and our teachers. And Man, it's just good to be in the house of the Lord, is it not? It's really good to be in the house of the Lord. Appreciate you taking time to join us here today at Gethsemane Church and, and uh, taking time to come together and worship God. You chose to worship God here with us, amen? And that means a lot to us. We appreciate you being here. Can't think of anybody else we'd rather worship God with than you, amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I wouldn't want to worship any, any other place but right here with you today, Amen. We're here to worship God today. 5510 Highway 25 North and Hodges. Amen. Amen. We've gathered together, come into his house to worship him. Amen. If you have your Bible, we said in John chapter 4 is where we're going to be today. More aware of his presence. More aware of his presence. The definition of presence is this. The state of being present, obviously. To be in attendance or to occupy space. To be accounted for right? To be in attendance, to be present. I tell people sometimes, just be present. It's important to be present in the situation you're in, right? Not disconnected, not withdrawn, but be present, right? Be present. And so the, the, the very definition is, is that, that this, this particular thing, person, would be, right, occupying a space. And Jesus certainly wants to occupy this space, amen, this space, all space, right? And He is. We know He's omnipresent. So God is everywhere. So what do you mean, Pastor, that we should be aware of His presence? He's everywhere. Of course, He is everywhere. But so many times, we're not aware that He's there. Amen? We may feel Him move. We may see Him move. But we fail to recognize His presence. Right? Or to engage or to, or to get involved in His presence. If there's one thing I think that our, that our churches around the world, this church, all churches, right, not the buildings, not the denomination, I want to talk to the saved people today, right, that's the church, amen, everybody know that? If you're saved and you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, a true experience with God, then you are the church that Jesus purchased with His blood, right? That's the church. And so I want to just talk to us just a minute and look. If there's one thing that we've been guilty of is we have gotten comfortable with God in His presence, right? We've gotten comfortable there. We've grown to expect certain things from God, right? We come anticipating certain things of God, right? Basically rendering Him, uh, we keep Him in a little box, if you will, I guess that's to say. And well, Lord, we, we know this is what's going to happen, so we've come to expect those things. And so when we come to church, nothing's new to us anymore, Right? God's trying to do new things, but we fail to recognize it or to engage in it. We've gotten comfortable. 
And I've been, I have been said to be old-timey sometimes in the way that I preach, right? That that's old ways or it's old-timey and it's those types of things. And maybe our church has been tagged with that a little bit over the years that we've, we've kind of, it's old-fashioned and out-of-date. But I don't know any other way to do it, right? Amen? Other than what we're doing. And I don't know any other way to do it other than just accept the presence of God, right? And, and when God begins to move to allow the freedom to be able to do so, Right? Not, not put you in a box and say you can't move, you can't raise your hands, or we got to be out of here by a certain time, or whatever it may be, but, but just giving God His time, amen, and recognize His presence. It's important. I was telling somebody last night, a, a good friend of mine, a brother of mine in Christ, and we were talking about that, right? Just when God's presence is around, move, amen? When you feel the presence of God in your life, whether it's on your job, in your car, at church, wherever you are, we should engage in that presence, right? There's nothing more important than the presence of God. See, if God shows up in your life, there's a reason for it, amen? If God stops by to talk to you, see, this particular story we're going to talk about today was about a lady here from Samaria who was coming just to draw water from a well. But here Jesus is found going through Samaria and he stops at Jacob's well and the Bible says he was a little tired so he just sat there, right? And he was just waiting. What, what, what strikes me odd about that is he could have sat anywhere. But he chose this day. Remember he told his disciples, I must needs go through Samaria. I've got to go through Samaria. Even though his disciples warned him, right, that it could cost you your life. Those people don't like you down there, right? You don't need it. He said, no, 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 I've got to go through Samaria. And the reason was, is he knew, knew that this lady needed his presence. Amen. This particular day, this woman needed his presence. So he takes time to come by and show up. Now look, I was raised in the South, of course. I was raised in North Carolina. My mom and my dad raised me to have respect. Not the respect we talk about. I want to get into that junk that goes on in the world today. I ain't talking about that kind of respect. Right, because that, that's not the same definition that I was raised with. True respect, right, where you honor right, those that, that are older than you, those that had whatever it might be, right? I was raised that way that if somebody came by your house, even though you were in the middle of fixing a leave to go to something very important, if they took time to come by and see you, you put off what you was going to do, and you sit there and you entertain that, right, because they took time to come see you. And if they had enough respect for you to come see you, you had the respect to stay there with them, right? And put off whatever else you're going to do, which is kind of not what we do today, right? Today, when we see them coming, somebody, lock the door and cut the TVs off. <laughs> yes, but all the cars are in the yard, but they don't know we ain't riding with somebody else. Isn't that right? <laughs> Hush. That you almost get threatened an inch of your life, right? Don't you say nothing. So it's, you know, we got to get to the ball game or we got to get to the, whatever we're doing. But where I came up, you stayed there, right? And you, and you honored those that honored you, right? Not rush them off, right? Because we got better things to do. This, this is the situation with this woman at the, at the well and Jesus. And what I want to talk to you about today about the Christian life today. When Jesus shows up so many times, right? We want to, it's not convenient for us, right? Sometimes because See, Pastor, I came to give God time from 10.30 to 12-ish, because we know you. But once he gets past 12.15, 
I got to go, right? And so I mean no disrespect. That's what people usually say. Like they're saying it to me. Oh, it don't matter to me. You're not disrespecting me, right? But I mean no disrespect, but I got to get to that ball game. I got to get to that grocery store. I got to get to that television program. I got Sunday tickets to the Masters. Does anybody got Sunday tickets to the Masters? You want to sell them? Whatever it may be, right? We got, we got to go. So I'm here with you, Lord, but I got to go. And when his presence comes in, when I find that that's when people leave, but that's when you need to stay, right? Because what are we here for? We are entertaining Christ. We are an audience for one, amen? One for one. We're an audience of one. We're, we're worshiping straight to him. And when we entertain his presence, we're saying, Lord, please come down and bless us. Many of our prayers in the morning are, God, bless me this day. Many of our prayers is, God, I need you to show up in my life. God, I need this. I need that, right? And so God's true to his word. When we seek him, he said we would find him. And whatever we ask of the Father in his name, he would give it to us, right? So we're praying that all week. And then we get here in church and the presence of God starts moving. And we forget our prayer and we leave because we got something to do, right? Now, I want you to think about that a minute. How does that make God feel? You prayed and asked my help. I'm coming, I'm here, but you didn't want it. You see what I'm saying? We got to be more aware of the presence of God and understand that there is nothing else more important in your life and in my life than the presence of God in that moment, amen? When he starts moving and showing up, don't leave. I've seen people before, and me and Pastor Keith talked this many times. When the presence of the Lord shows up, two things are going to happen. One of two things. I've always said it, and I've always seen it, and I myself have done both. When the presence of God starts moving, we're either going to run to Him, or you're going to run from Him. Right? And if we're running from Him, we can name it whatever we want to name it. We can name it, well, I just don't agree with that. I'm just a little scared of that. I just, don't, I, don't, I just don't, whatever we want to name it, but when the presence of God starts moving, we leave. Now listen, I don't always understand what God is doing, and neither do you either, either. but I do know His presence, right? And I know it when I feel it. And it might not suit me at the moment, it might not be something I understand, but I do understand that if I sit there long enough, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to understand it when it's all said and done. And I'm going to be a recipient to whatever happens. Now, we're not going to talk about the man at the pool of Bethesda, but I just want to mention him for just a minute. Because this is a great example of what's, what, when his presence shows up and not knowing what to do and not being willing to do what it takes. This man laid at this pool of Bethesda, the Bible says, 37 years. He'd been in this situation a long time. And Jesus walks up now. Jesus, again, his presence. He walks up this man for 37 years. It's obvious because when Jesus asked him the question, do you want to be made whole? He said, you know, he starts giving him all these reasons why he's not whole, why, he, why he's not been healed. When, he said when the angel would come down and stir the water, he said, I have no man to put me in there. Is that right? I want you to understand today, it's not necessarily about the physical act that you take, but it's the heart. Amen? Where's your heart at? When God's presence starts moving, if your heart is desiring Him, I promise you, whether you can walk or not, God will come to you and meet you where you are. This is why this situation happened. Jesus came to him. He walked up to the man, right? And he's talking to him. And I've often said, I see that scripture not as a statement, 
but as a, or rather a question, but as a statement. The, the Bible reads, wilt thou be made whole? I see that as Jesus saying, do you really want to be made whole? I can't tell, son, right? I can't tell. 37 years, I've been, my presence has been moving in this area for 37 years. And you're still in the situation you're in. Amen? You with me? we got to become more aware of His presence. But more importantly, we got to engage in His presence. You, you see what I'm saying? Churches have gotten numb to the presence of God, and we just kind of take Him for granted. And our, our beef stew cooking is more important, right, than the, the cooking or the burning of the Holy Ghost in our lives. It's important that we notice Him. Let's read this. In John's Gospel, chapter 4, we're going to read verse 5 through 15. And the Bible says, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, as I said to you, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus therefore, being wearied, as I said to you with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman, the Bible says, of Samaria, to draw water. Now I'm going to remind you, Samaria, she's going to remind you in a minute as she spoke to Jesus, Jews didn't talk to Sumerians. Sumerians were considered dogs to them. They were half-breeds, if you will. They weren't fully Jewish people. And so they were looked at as sinful people, Gentiles. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. Unless you're Jewish. There cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus saith unto her, give me something to drink. Now this is important because I believe with all of my heart that today in the American church and the church worldwide, in our lives, Jesus is simply saying and calling out to every one of us every day, right? Give me to drink, right? Sacrifice. See, when he said, give me something to drink, it required her to do something. It required her. Now, the whole time, Jesus had intended to give her a gift, but he wanted to see her heart. Are you willing to help me? Are you willing to sacrifice for me? And this is the same call that goes out to the church today. Jesus is simply saying, just sacrifice. Just sacrifice. Give me to drink. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask to drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus was persecuted constantly, because he loved sinners. Amen? He was crucified on a cross because he loved people that were doing wrong. Sounds like the world today, does it not? Christians are being persecuted because they simply just love people. And they're trying to tell them that they got to live right, do right, make heaven their home. And that now has become wrong. Amen? Jesus was persecuted for it for, for, for the whole time of his ministry because he was found with sinners she said why are you here you know you know you're not even supposed to be talking to me and asking me that so he goes on to say Jesus answered and said unto her if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee give me to drink thou wouldest have asked him and he would have given her living water I want to back up one verse because it's important here she said she said to Jesus if you want to back back up one more time for me there Anyway, she says to him, I've lost where I was at there, but she says to him, how was it you asked me to drink, but you don't have anything to draw with? And she said, the well is deep. Right? You're here, and you came to this well 
to draw from this well, but you don't have anything to draw with, and the well is deep. Should have been her first clue. Jesus didn't need the water. She did. Yeah. Amen? He didn't need water. He was the water. You see what I'm saying? So he didn't come there really wanting her to give him something to drink. He came to pour into her. Amen. See what I'm saying? We, we don't have anything to offer God. We, we can't pour into him. He's already as full as it gets. He's God. He's Christ. We, on the other hand, are the ones that need him to pour into us. Right? Presence. His presence was there that day because she had a need. Amen? She had a need. This was a sinful woman. This is a woman who was not even, she was with several men. And then the man that she was with at this time wasn't her husband. Right? Sinful lady. She was so sinful that she was ashamed. And this is why she came at the time of the day that she came. She didn't come at the time when all other women came. She came at a different time so she wouldn't be made fun of. Okay? So this is why she's there. And she sneaks up there and she's going to get this water. And lo and behold, Jesus is there. Right? That's the way Jesus works. When we're at our worst, he's at his best. Amen. Amen? When we don't want his presence, he still shows up. And he reminds us that what we need is not the other things of this world that keep destroying us. What we need is him. And he's the very thing that we try to push away. She tried off hard, did she not? Right? Why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew. I'm a woman, you're a man. You ain't supposed to be talking to me. And then she said, well, you ain't even got nothing to draw with anyway. Right? You can see she was just kind of excuse after excuse after excuse to try to blow him off like we do sometimes. Right? Presence of God's moving. I'm just going to blow that off. Right? Preachers do it all the time. Worship directors do it all the time. When the Spirit of God starts moving, we cut it off. Right? Because we're concerned about what somebody in the audience might think about us. Amen. Lord, please move, but don't move real big because people think we're crazy. <laughs> Is that right? Lord, I need you to move. I need you to just... We, God, we're wanting a great experience with you. But don't let Brother Miguel take off running. <laughs> right? Because my aunt's here today, and she don't believe that way, and she'll be mad, and she'll get hurt, and then I don't have to deal with that. Here's what I found. People are hungry for Jesus. Amen. They're hungry for... Now, I'm not talking about people just running to be running. I'm talking about if the Lord's in it. People are, people are hungry to see what the Bible says. It, 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 it blows my mind that people are praying, Lord, I want to see the truth. I want to see the real thing. I want to experience the real thing. And then when they see the real thing, they say, it's fake. <laughs> That's the mouth talking, but the soul knows better. Oh. Amen? Amen? Because I've been there. I've been in them services before. Pastor Keith and I've had this conversation. I've been in services before where I saw things I ain't never seen and it made me a little uneasy and I want you to know today the church needs to be a little uneasy. Amen? Amen. We need to be uneasy in God Amen. because if we're comfortable with Him, then, he's not, then, then, then the experience that we're after is not happening, right? The more of Him. Next level, Brother Joey taught us last night. The only way to get to the next level is to get uncomfortable with God. Amen? Amen. You got to get outside what you think and what you believe and what I believe and what we want to experience and let God do what God's going to do. See what I'm saying? But I've been there, and I've seen some things happen like that in a church service, and it made me uncomfortable, but I knew it was real. I walked away from there trying my best to discard what I saw. I did my best to try to say that was something. They were within themselves, a bunch of holy rollers. Uh, I don't, whatever you want to say. I've said it all. You ain't said anything that I haven't said. 
I've even cussed leaving the church. Probably done it in the church, right? Because I saw things there that I'd never seen before. I knew I could feel the convicting power of the Holy Ghost, right, grabbing me, and I knew it was right, and I knew it was real because I knew the people that I saw doing it. And I knew they were real. And so confusion set in, not from God, but from Satan. Because he's trying to tell me one thing, but my heart knows better. Amen? See what I'm saying? So I ran and ran and ran and ran from his presence. Today, I'm like, Lord, is that it? Give me some more. Right? We want more. We want more. We want more. Right? You ever heard Christians say that? Now, when I was around people, when I wasn't saved or when I, when I was saved, I didn't understand the true moving of the Lord. And I hear people say, Lord, just bless us with more. Give us more. I'm thinking, what? You know, don't say that. Don't say that. Because last week that dude jumped over that pew. And I didn't know what that was. And if there's more than that, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Lord have mercy, y'all. I've seen more. Have you seen more? It started with a shout. Speaking in tongues, which tears people's nerves up. Uh, healing. I saw people healed in front of my very eyes. More. Right? And people say, Lord, we need more. And you see those things. I've seen people, I told y'all, slain in the spirit in front of me and I thought they died. Honest to goodness. I ain't talking about television evangelism slain. I'm talking about really slain in the spirit. Demons cast out. Amen. Now, I've never been in a service where that happened. But I know it's happened. I've been in a service where it was going to happen. I told y'all that story. More of God. Be careful. When you want more of God, he's going to show you some things. Had a former pastor of mine, he told the church on a Sunday morning, we had a house full by like we got here today. And he said, now I want to warn you guys, and he was doing it for the right reasons. Because the Bible clearly tells us, right, that if, if you're not where you're supposed to be and you cast a demon out, he'll able to come back into somebody else more, right? I forget how many fold it was, but it was a lot. And so he said, I just want to warn y'all, if, if, you know, it's okay if you don't come back to church tonight. But he said, I got a guy that I talked to supposed to be back here tonight. He's demon possession. We're going to catch that demon out of him. Amen. And he said, so if you ain't who you say you are, if you're just a little unsure of your relationship with God, he said, we're not going to hold it against you. You might not want to come. Wise on his behalf. Now, look, I wanted to stay home. <laughs> but I was a leader in the church. <laughs> I thought, my pastor going to think, oh, I put you in office and you ain't where you need to be. Now, folks, I want to tell y'all, I got close to God in that next couple hours between services. I knew I was saved, but that's that more that I ain't never experienced. I wasn't really necessarily worried that it was really going to jump on me and get in me because I knew I was saved, but I wasn't sure I was ready to handle that yet. So I prayed about it, fasted about it, and y'all know I don't like to fast a whole lot. But I fasted about that thing, and I got there that night, and y'all, I ain't lying. If there was 15 people in the building, I'll eat your hair. <laughs> I'm talking about people that claim to be who they say they are, and all of a sudden, they wasn't there. I'm telling you the truth. Right down here on Saluda Avenue. 27 Saluda Avenue. Okay? Man never showed up. I said, look at God. <laughs> the sifting time has begun. I got real holy then. <laughs> oh Jesus more more right his presence we gotta have his presence 
and just whatever it is, soak it in, right? Let God do what he's going to do, right? So the woman says here, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well? Are you, are you greater? And, and, and it says that he even drank himself from this well and his children and the cattle. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water, speaking of what he was talking about, or she was talking about, will thirst again. The, 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 the water and the refreshing that we seek in this world, you'll never be satisfied. It'll never be quenched. And I know half of y'all just went, yeah, he's preaching now. He's no preacher. That's right. Yeah, nobody's going to do it but Jesus. And No matter how many times you hear it, it's the truth. No matter how bad it sounds or how often you hear it. We will never be satisfied by the things of this world. In fact, he tells her that you've had five husbands and ain't none of them satisfied you yet. Amen? Praise God. Jesus knew. Can't satisfy no woman. Just kidding. Just kidding. I sent five your way. No. That's a whole other thing. Don't y'all, I'm not serious there. Yeah. As my wife probably said, ain't no, no man satisfied no woman either. But he said, all, I know, yeah, I know she's, I'm just trying to look at her. But all, <laughs> you know, five and you weren't satisfied. Just teaches us that no matter what we seek in this world, hers happen to be men. Some people's it's money. Some people it's drugs or alcohol. Some people it's a career. Some people it's their children. Some people it's their family. Whatever it is, nothing in this world is going to quench the thirst that we have for God. He placed it there, so he's the only thing that can quench it. Right? It's the only thing that can quench it. And she said, well, are you better than, are you better than our father Jacob? Yes, he is. Yeah, because Jacob's dead. Jesus is alive and remains today. Amen. Amen. You with me? the difference <laughs> the woman said said that to him and he says but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him he shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him sorry shall be in him as a well of water springing up into everlasting life and the woman said I love this the woman said unto him sir give me that water right that I thirst not neither come hither to draw I, I want what you're talking about Jesus was a good salesman was he not because he was truthful and it was from the heart and the presence of God is always right. And she said, boy, that sounds really good. Give me that. Now, I want to stop here. And I'm going to get into the last few things I want to tell you today because it's really important. These four things that Pastor Keith told me. I got to, No, he didn't. I had to have points. <laughs> points. Four things I want to show you, though. But this is really cool here where she says, Give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. She was willing to take a chance. Take a chance. She was willing to step out there. She recognized ain't nothing else working, so let me try this water. There's where the church fails. We try everything else, and then it's offered, hey, Jesus can do it, and we don't respond. Try Him and see. Amen? Amen. Just see what happens when you seek Jesus. She was willing to take a chance on Christ. Let me say this. It's never a chance with Christ. In her, mind, in her mind, it might have been. In your mind, in my mind, it might have been. But it's never a chance with Christ. It's factual. And it will happen. Give me this water. She said that I not thirst again or that I don't have to come back this way. When you get Jesus, you can walk away from all that stuff. You don't have to go back. In fact, this story, I wasn't even going to talk about it, says she came to this well with her water pots, but she left them there and went back home. 
the water pots represent the burden that she had to bear. She carried them either on her head or on a, or on a thing that held them here, and they were very cumbersome. All the way down there, then you put all that weight on it, and all the way back home. But when she left, she left those water pots. She didn't ever intend to go back that way again. Amen? So truly, she didn't thirst anymore. Amen? Jesus awesome, ain't he? These four things I want to point out to you. So there's some effects when we recognize the presence of God. When we recognize His presence, become more aware of His presence, there's some things that you can always count on taking place. We touched on a few of these, but the first one is, is that when, 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 when His presence is there, it quenches any dry or thirsty life, right? It's, it's just gone. When Jesus shows up, dry services don't happen. When you go to a church service and you feel like you're just dry or dead, right? Then his presence probably was probably there, but nobody recognized him. Nobody gave him the respect to recognize him. Everybody wanted to do their own thing. But if you'll let Jesus show up and do what he came to do, he'll pour out that living water right on each one of us that we not thirst anymore. We won't leave here dry and parched like we were when we came in. You will leave refreshed in Christ. Amen? Truly refreshed, confused and removed, burdens lifted, lives changed. Right? When, when, we, when He comes and His presence is recognized, He will always quench the thirst. That's what He came for. Amen? That's why He stopped by the well that day was that her thirst could be quenched if she recognized Him and if she accepted the drink. Guys, that's the strangest thing. If all of us in here today had been walking through the Mojave Desert and we hadn't had anything to drink and I don't know how many days you got to go without drinking before you die, but let's say you're there. How many days that is? And with every ounce of energy in your body, you walk in this place because you've heard that there's some water here that could sustain your life. And when you walk in that door, somebody's standing here with a glass of water. Now, how many people that was that dry and parched that really wants their life to be sustained would not come up here and take that glass of water out of my hand? How many? I would venture to say that everybody that's in that situation would do all they could to get up here and get this glass of water. If they had to crawl and tear the carpet up to get up here, if they had to ask somebody to get me up there, they're going to get to this glass of water because they know that if they don't get it, they soon will die. Every church service, Jesus stands in the front of the church and He says, if you're thirsty and you're dry and you need something in your life, I have a drink of water right here that you'll never thirst again. And so many people walk out of the church dry and thirsty and they're dying throughout the week and they're asking God for a drink of water and He's standing there all the whole time. Come, come, come and take this. Come and dine, right? See, the thing with God is He won't just fill your thirst, but He says, come and dine, right? Not only can you drink, but He said, I'll fill you. Amen? fill you. He don't just stop with your mouth. He wants to fill you up to overflowing. Amen? That's what He says. The Spirit says, come, right? There is a table that has been set for you and I. Right? Not just with water, but with food. and you, I mean, the spiritual food that you and I need. Amen? We walk around half-empty Christians. We walk around just dry mouth all the time. We walk around with our bellies just growling because we need something from God. But He has a table set for us every time. Right? 
Now, y'all look. If I walk into a place, a buffet, and I'm hungry. When I say hungry, I ain't eating about four hours. I'm famished. And I walk in that place, and there's just food as far as I can see. I hear cherubims. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I hear them cherubims singing, and I'm thinking, Lord, look at God. And if it don't get any... See, here's the thing about God. Not only does He feed you, but here's the blessing. The food's the blessing, but God's always got more. Can I get a witness on a soft serve ice cream machine? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm going to have y'all shouting over something in a minute. Yes, it may not be Jesus, but it might be that, that chocolate and vanilla swirl. Yeah. Amen? That's the great thing about God. He'll give you something to drink, but He's not going to tell you, now get on out of here, He's going to say... Won't you just pull up a chair? And if you like that, look at what else I got for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Y'all see what I'm saying? Yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. This is important. Right. important. Amen. <laughs> yeah. The effect of His presence also cleanses. Right? So water cleanses, obviously. Is that right? So his, in His presence, you're, it's not only found that He'll quench your thirst, but He'll cleanse you as well. Water's a beautiful thing. It sustains life physically, and it also sustains life spiritually. Right? When you look at water in the Bible, that's exactly what happens. When we take a bath, I hope y'all took a bath today. <laughs> I'm not going to ask y'all to raise your hand, because I don't want to know. Right? But we should take a bath, right, to cleanse ourselves. Proper hygiene is necessary in the world that we live, contrary to some people's thoughts. Proper hygiene in God is very necessary. We need to be cleansed of the dirtiness and the filthiness that's in our lives. And the presence of God cleanses. Amen? See, the Bible mentions that He's like a mighty rushing wind. It mentions that He is that, that cloven tongues of fire, right? A consuming fire. But Jesus also said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen? Living water means it does not sit still and become stagnant. God is constantly, right, cleansing us to make us what He wants us to be. Right? In His presence, the Spirit of God continues to flow and move in our lives, and it should be constantly changing us. If you've ever been by a river when you were a little child, and you remember it in your mind, and then you go back to it 15, 20, 30 years from now, that river will have changed. Its banks will have swollen or decreased. There were things that will change in it, right? The rocks, things, all kinds of things change because it's moving, right? And because it moves, it's always changing. And rivers, when they move, are clear. Amen? Unless it's a saluta. But it eventually clears up. Right? It moves and it cleanses itself. The Spirit has to move in us to cleanse us. We can't cleanse our... See, we're made of water, but we're not, we're not made of living water. We're made of water to begin with, but that water sits and it's stagnant. But when we get Christ in our lives, that water begins to move, right? And so because it's moving, it's constantly bringing the trash to the top and it's washing it out. Amen? Amen. Presence of God. Only the presence of God can create the living water that we need in our lives. Otherwise, we're just stagnant. Amen? That's what happens. The church desperately needs the presence of God. 
to cleanse us. These, we talked about them today. These churches that are changing the word of God and changing what they believe and what they think and allowing that stuff to happen in the church, they're cutting off the river of living water. They're putting a dam up and they're saying, we just want to keep God right where he's at. We're going to dam him up right here. And what we know is where we're going to stand and we're just going to let it sit here. But when you let it sit, it gets stagnant. Amen. You can't cut God off. We got to let him move freely through his church. The Bible says that he is the head of the church. He has to move freely. Right? Don't ever damn God up. Let him run freely in your life. Right? That's what we've done. We've, we just, God, you've moved, you've moved so great, but I just want to capture this moment. I don't want you to move anymore. And that's it. Guys, that's not where we need to be. You'll get stagnant. I've said it for years. I used to hear little old men and little old women stand up, and I know, bless their hearts, I know what they were saying, but if they'd have just listened to themselves, they would stand up in a testimony service, and they thought this was really good, but it really bothered me as a young Christian because I didn't see any of what they said happening in their lives. Just because they're old don't mean you still can't move for God. Just because you're young don't mean you can't move for God instead of the world. Amen? But they would stand up in a church service, and, and there would be a testimony service, and they would say, they just pop up real fast, kind of with a, just a haughty attitude. And they would say, I praise God because I've been a member of the church for 50 years. I've been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost for 30 years. And sit right back down. I thought, well, that's great. But I ain't seen you do anything since I've been here. You see what I'm saying? You, you see what I'm saying? You, we cannot get stagnant with God. You, you got to keep moving. You, gotta, you can't capture a moment with God and, and hang your entire life on that one moment. God has more moments. He has more for us. He wants to increase. Man, Jabez had it right. He said, Lord, enlarge my coast, right? Because if you enlarge your coast, it means there's more room for more water. Amen? Enlarge my coast, God. This is a great river I'm feeling in my life. But Lord, I want more of that. God, I, I want to increase those banks. Amen. 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 I got to say something here, Lord. I'm just, I'm not overweight. I'm just enlarging my coast. <laughs> y'all be careful when y'all talk about me again. There's more room for the Lord to move in here. Okay. But that's what Jabez was saying. Lord, I need your presence to come and just cleanse, man. Just enlarge my coast. And the Bible says God done that for him. Amen? You with me? Enlarge my coast. So his presence will not only quench our thirst, it'll also cleanse and continue to move in our lives. As I said to you, this water will sustain our lives, right? It, his presence will sustain us. His, his presence will continue to just empower us, right? And keep us going and keep us pressing toward the mark. It was, it was of the utmost importance that day for Jesus to stop by to that woman at the well. Who knows what she would have done after this moment. But she had to be in a situation in her life. Think about that. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. The creator of the entire universe took time. He said, I got to stop by Samaria. Now this is God, amen, incarnated in his son Christ. And he leaves his apostles and said, I, I've got to go here. I've got to stop here. And not only did he go by there and stop, but he waited on her. Do you hear me, what I'm telling you? 
God is waiting on some of y'all to turn your face to Him and talk to Him. Amen? God is waiting on us. He's... He stopped by your house. He stopped by your church. He stopped by your job. He's stopping somewhere to talk to us. Because He knows that we're in a situation in our lives that if something don't happen, who knows what's going to happen? You see what I'm saying? When, when It's one thing to have the, the angels of the Lord that's passed around you, as the Bible says. It's one thing to have... Any of, those, any of those angels that we know of in the Bible, right? Gabriel to stop by and talk to you. Michael to stop by and talk to you. But man, when you get Jesus, we need to pay attention. Amen? Because the man himself has taken time to say, hey, I need to talk to you. Amen? You see what I'm saying? It is vitally important that when the presence of God is around, take time to see what he wants. Amen? God, I need some money to help me pay off this debt. He might just have it. Amen? He's there for a reason. And we see him sitting there going, well, look at him. He ain't got no $100 bills falling out of his hand. Is that right? Well, the Lord's moving today, but I think that's for old Brother Miguel over there. <laughs> Poor Miguel. If you're in this building today and the presence of God shows up, he stopped talking to you too. Amen? They ain't a person... Jesus stopped by to talk to all of us. If he comes here, he's intended to talk to all of us. You see what I'm saying? He will sustain life. And that's what it's all about. Sustaining life. He'll quench that thirst. I mean, he'll, he'll cleanse your sins. But he wants you to know that he came that you have life and have life more abundant, the Bible says. Not just in a life to come, but in this life today. You can live a good, righteous, holy life here. Amen. Amen? And have a good time in the Lord. It ain't got to just be in glory. I'm not just waiting to just pop up in glory and have a good time with the Lord. I have a good time with Him now. Amen? Amen? That's the God that you and I serve. Amen? The last thing I want to give to you before we read this passage of Scripture to you in John 4, 25 and 26 is when His presence is around, He changes the environment. Right? He changes our environment. So I said to you, this woman came one way, burdened with her water pots. She came burdened with the weight of the, of the sins of this world, right? This husband, this man that she was with was not her husband, right? She was coming shameful at the time of the day that she came, so nobody would pick on her. So Jesus shows up, and now he changes her whole, in, in, in her whole environment. In fact, it says that when she said, give me this water to drink, and he did, she ran back to the city that she was from and told everybody about what this man did for her. Amen? And she wanted them to come see this man, right? She got excited about him. She was no longer ashamed of her life. She was proud of her Savior. Amen? She wasn't ashamed of her past. She was proud of her present situation. And she was proud of where she was going. It changed her whole outlook. She was no longer just old beat-down sinner that everybody looked at. Man, she walked around with her chest poked out and her head held high, not in, not in a gaudy um, pride, but just knowing that she'd been set free. Whole world changed, right? It changed everything for her. How people looked at her, how she held herself, how she talked to people. She went from not talking to anybody to telling people about this man called Jesus. If you're here today and you've been saved, you was ashamed to talk about him, and now you can't quit talking about him. Is that right? That's the way it should be. And when somebody brings up your past, you don't just go, Shh, hey, uh, Now you're like, yes, that's right, that was me. Let's talk about that. 
that's who I was and this is who I am. Amen. I used to do those things. Now I do these things. It changes your environment. Right? Changes it all. That was, this whole moment for her changed her whole world. Everything for this lady was changed. Everything. And it's the same thing that can happen to you and I. But it's His presence that we have to seek and we have to desire and we have to ask God to come. And then when He does come, don't disrespect Him. Go and pour yourself on Him just as this lady finally did. And she said, just give me that. Right? Look, here's the thing with God. If you've ever been around somebody that's truly hungry or truly thirsty, there's not a whole lot of dignity in them. In fact... If I told you that story and I had that glass of water here and somebody was truly that thirsty, I don't think there'd be a lot of dignity in how they would grab it. I don't think there'd be a lot of dignity in how, she, how they drank it. I don't think there'd be a whole lot of nothing other than just survival. Right? They would probably come and snatch it out of my hand. Probably would even say their prayer, right? Because they're dying. And God understands that situation. Right? There wouldn't be nothing dignified about it at all. See, here's the thing with God. He don't expect us to be dignified. He just expects us to engage. Amen? Just come get it. Right? That's what I see with Jesus. Look, I'm here. Come get it. I understand your situation. I understand that you're going to, you're, you're, you're thirsty. I understand that you're hungry. I understand everything about it. We think we got to go up to him and wear our best and we got to say these and thou's and all that stuff. Man, just pour yourself on Jesus and he'll do the rest. He's expecting you to do that. He's, he's a big man. He can brace himself, right? He's ready for you to come. That's the way it is with Christ. Amen. Look at what happened here in verse 25 and 26. As I said to you, Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto you am him. Because she says to him, the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, and when he comes, he will tell us all things. Amen. And then Jesus looked right at her and said, I'm him. Amen? She didn't even recognize his presence. He was there to change her life, and she didn't recognize it. But Jesus said, I'm him. Right? And then she said, oh, give me that water. So she knew about him, and she knew what he was capable of if he truly was the Messiah. For us here today, I want you to bow your head with me here just a second. If, I don't believe there's anybody in the building today that hasn't ever heard about Jesus. If you are, then I'm glad this is your first time. And I've explained to you how he is. But I think most of us in here know about Jesus. All of us. Right? We all know how he is. And so, he stopped by there that day to talk to her, and she didn't even recognize him. But she'd heard enough about him that when he revealed himself to her, she knew what he could do. All of us in here know him. We've heard about him, I'm sure. So you know what he's capable of. You know that Jesus is capable of all the things that's spoken of in the Word of God. Some of us have seen those things happen, as I said to you. Some of us have seen healing, been healed. Some of us have seen the, the, the demons cast out. Some of us have seen all this stuff. Some of us have been saved by God. Some of us have seen people saved. Right? We know what he's capable of. We know he's capable of changing the world because he did. And he continues to do so. So if we know what he's capable of and we know his presence is here, then why don't we just try him? 
If you've tried everything else, why not try Jesus? What are we scared of? What are we worried about? Everything else is failing. Why not give Jesus a try? Those things are temporary. You're going to have to keep going back and going back and going back and going back and going back. With Jesus, you'll never thirst again. He'll just pour in and continue to pour as long as you want Him to. Why not try Jesus? It's the thing that, that really bothers me in this world more than anything is the unwillingness for people to try Jesus. Why not? Why not? And here's the thing. It don't cost you anything. Nothing. Just belief. He said to a man in the Bible, he said, just believe. Just believe. That's all it costs. He's standing here today, guys, I'm telling you. I know my God. And he's standing here, as I said to you, with a great big old bowl of spiritual water. And he's just simply saying to somebody, are you willing to deny yourself, lay your pride down, no matter how big a man you are, no matter how big a woman you are, no matter how much you think you are in a bag of chips and all those things, are you willing to lay that stuff aside and come and recognize that I'm the man, right? That Jesus is that man and that he can do everything for you and meet your needs. Preacher after preacher, year after year, day after day, has spoken that for since the church began 2,000 years ago. God's been crying that out since the beginning of time, since man was ever formed. Come, come, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? As the psalmist wrote, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm going to give you a moment here. We're going to pray with you. These altars are open. As Brother Joey and I were talking, man, there's some, there's some waters being stirred at Gethsemane Church. God's been moving. He's been touching. Past couple of services that we've had in this church, some people have, have responded to God's call, and He's blessed tremendously. I was just blown away this week as we prayed for people in our church that were sick, and I'm seeing God answer prayers. People doing better people getting on the better side of things. You see God's hand in their lives. right? God's going to do those things. It shouldn't shock us if we just are obedient to His Word and ask Him to do them. He'll do them. So why don't you come today? If you're skeptic of Jesus, open heart. A, a truly open heart. And just pour yourself out to Him and see what He does. Amen? We're going to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here in your presence.